Let's talk about the big show. Kind of a big deal. On its way and gone, a home run. And here's a sweep and gets to the corner, gets to the pylon, touchdown. All right, let's go. The Yankees win. Driven to right field. It is deep. It is gone. It's now time for Team Talk. On ESPN Radio 1017, The Team, your New Mexico Broadcasters Association Radio Station of the Year. Now, Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. Snap to Burrow. Throws it into the end zone for Chase. He leaps. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. Touchdown. Bengals with 14 seconds left in the third quarter. And now the Bengals can go for two yep. to try to tie this game. Looking around in the end zone. Nobody open yet. No pressure at all. Now here comes the rush. Mahomes way back at the yeah, 25. Baby. Loses Balls the ball. Out. The Chiefs fall on it at the 26. <laughs> oh, my gosh. DJ Reader forced the fumble, didn't he? And this makes it a much more difficult field goal try. It will be a 44-yarder with all sorts of pressure on Harrison Butker. The keeper in the pocket, and he finds Travis Kelsey for the touchdown. The inside pressure is what Joe Burrow behind the ball this whole first Four years ago, he was a senior in high school in tiny Fort Payne, Alabama. Now the Bengals Super Bowl chances rest on his right foot. The kick is up. Yeah. It yeah. is good. Oh. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is unbelievable. The Cincinnati Bengals come from behind on the road. Unbelievable, Dan. It is no fluke. It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. And that is a fact. It's also a fact that this is Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. I'm Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser. We're going to be here till 5, and then we've got college basketball uh, the Duke Blue Devils invading Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana. We'll have that game at 5 o'clock tonight. But between now and 5, we're going to dive into the both of the NFL games uh, as well as preview tonight's Lobo men's basketball game as they travel to San Diego and take on the Aztecs of San Diego State. So uh, that little montage, you know, it just was an abundance of a bunch of stuff there, uh, Sam. You couldn't avoid uh, the audio from that <laughs> halftime show either. Uh, tell us your thoughts. I was thinking about this today. Is, is that... This generation's uh, Janet Jackson, like the way that you think about how these these broadcasts are run so crisply and professionally, and you have you know, hundreds of people working on them. This was CBS's last broadcast of the season. It was the only game they had to worry about, and be- even before that, the national anthem was all screwy too. The audio on the national anthem, and you know you can look past that. Until the biggest disaster, like I, I can't think of anything comparable that's happened to something like that, where where how how there's some kind of communication breakdown. You're gonna do the halftime show inside the stadium, and then there's also the the Applebee's song jamming at halftime. <laughs> Nate Burleson and Boomer Esiason were dying inside. You could tell how hard they were trying to hold on to things. Bill Cower was the MVP of the day yesterday. Nobody fought harder 
through the adversity than Bill Cowher as he did in his days with Pittsburgh. But it, the whole thing was 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 unbelievable. If I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes, I wouldn't believe it happened. Yeah, and like you said, the national anthem, there being a delay uh, and the audio not being good, we've seen that happen before, uh, which is unfortunate. But like you said, to have this whole setup where you have the studio crew on location there in Kansas City for their halftime uh, hit... And to be completely overwhelmed with the music in the stadium. I mean, Boomer Esiason, they went to him and he basically started talking. But he before he started talking, he said, first of all, I haven't been able to hear a single word that any of you have said to this point. So, yeah, that, that was a, a, you know, actually, if you're a, a Chiefs fan, everything up until three minutes or so to go in the first half, looked like you were on cruise control. I mean, I was telling everybody that the Chiefs were going to destroy uh, the Bengals. Even though I'm a Bengal fan and I was hopeful, I just thought that was going to be too big for the Bengals. And Kansas City's really good. Uh, and the next thing you know, uh, Samaji uh, P-Line you know, takes a screen pass and goes 40 yards for a touchdown and now it's down to 21 to 10 and I'm saying well Kansas City will probably answer and they did take it all the way down the field and then everything that happened by the goal line there at the end of the first half you don't re- you know you you <laughs> fans sometimes make way too much of, of different things uh but in this case it's hard to argue that the momentum and everything changed there in the last five seconds of the first half, Sam. And and, and Cincinnati, credit them. They seized the moment. They knew they were going to get the ball coming out at the second half. But just everything they do, uh, they did to adjust. I mean, the statistics first half to second half for Kansas City were just so uh, overwhelmingly unusual. Mike McCarthy was that Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the TV because Andy Reid calls a timeout and then challenges. Remember, the whole the whole reason the end of the first half played out the way that it did was because Kansas City had one less timeout because on their very first drive, Andy Reid challenges that fourth and short call but used a timeout before that. Yeah, that was a mess. But I'm not I'm going to say this, Sam, even with you know, granted you saw Mahomes trying to call the timeout when Tyreek got tackled there. I I don't know if there was even enough time uh to get off another. But but the, their execution there uh in those final 9 seconds with at least one timeout to go, but you normally don't need timeouts in that part of the field because you're either throwing it into the end zone or not. It was like their play selection there uh to to go lateral and basically do a what amounted to a running play yeah. and the the clock expires i mean that you know i mean i think romo was saying they could probably get three quick plays in here and those would have to be just like button hooks or something quick or whatever and if you don't have it you throw it out of the end zone you throw it out of the end zone right. but instead Kansas City just mucked that all up no and it was so odd because Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey in the corner of the end zone I don't think there's a quarterback, receiver, slash tight end combination that does it better. The only one that comes close might be who we saw on the other side with Burrow and Jamar Chase. But the way that that Patrick Mahomes fits a ball into the tightest little spot and the way that Travis Kelsey, as big as he is, controls his body on the sidelines of the end zone, it's it's unbelievable. It, It almost seems too predictable, too easy. And look, don't tell Joe Burrow that Kansas City or that Cincinnati was a touchdown favorite. 
in this or a touchdown underdog in this game. Cincinnati needed something weird to go in their favor. Correct. And I don't know that anybody could have predicted Patrick Mahomes not getting over the way the first half ended and just completely melting down for 30 minutes of football to be that thing. But that was what Cincinnati got. And and like you said, I mean, look, this is not just about Kansas City, you know, blowing chunks. Cincinnati played a great second half. And, you know, former Cowboy uh, Cheeto Uzie now going to the Super Bowl. But... That was what that that was about the only way that that was going to happen was for Cincinnati to or for Kansas City to get in its own way and they did. Yeah, and like I said, the adjustments they made at the half it, it completely slowed Kansas City down. I mean, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow because man, he he made some incredible plays to get away from pressure and run for first downs or flip the ball for big yardage. I mean, time and time again, uh. Joe Cool like delivered. Here was him, uh, you know, Joe Burrow just talking about how this team's confidence, and you could see it in their eyes. I mean, you showed they showed him on the bench, and he wasn't flustered at all. Uh, they had an 18 point deficit, and they just stayed with the plan. Here's Burrow. I wouldn't call it surreal. I would say it's exciting. You know, I think if you would have told me before the season that we'd be going to the Super Bowl, I probably would have called you crazy. But then, you know, we played a whole season and. You know, nothing surprises me now. I know the kind of guys that we have and the team that we have. So, you know, there's there's still one left. We're excited about this one, but, you know, we'll celebrate tonight and then move on. Well, and he's such a different person and a different professional now than he was at the beginning of the season. Remember, Joe Burrow played, what, maybe half a season last year and then uh, had that, Horrible uh, had that injury. leg injury that, that ended his rookie yeah. season. So he comes back in year two and he's only played half of his rookie season. So, yeah, it's not even in, in his fought to get to the Super Bowl. He's just talking, thinking about getting through an entire second season, and he he comes dressed into the game looking like he's going to be in a, in a 90s music video. He is Joe Cool. He is Big Bleep Joe from the, the national championship game, that hat that he was wearing on his lap, celebrating with LSU. I mean, you said it a couple weeks ago that that experience was invaluable for, for him and for Jamar Chase. And it's playing out that way. Yeah, confidence um, exudes from him. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, even though Kansas City was getting the ball up and down the field and Cincinnati wasn't having much luck on the scoreboard until the P-line screenplay... Cincinnati was doing enough to convert third downs where it wasn't a bunch of three and outs there, uh, which kind of, I think, made him say, hey, you know, we're, we're getting stopped here from the 40-yard line in, but we are doing some things right to at least move the sticks to some degree. Uh, but I mentioned about Burrow using his legs, which he doesn't get enough credit for. Here's uh, him talking about using his legs to, to move the chains. I knew that coming in, I didn't really run a lot against him the first game. You know, didn't really extend a lot of plays. So I think going in, I kind of expected them to, you know, not really account for that. So that was a big part of my mindset coming in. If you know one and two weren't there, you know, try to make a play with my legs or, or get rid of the ball. You know, not take as many sacks as I did last week. And I, you know, I'm really excited about how it played out. And, and I can't overstate how I think time and time again what a benefit it is to the offense whether you're Patrick Mahomes or whoever is the quarterback Josh Allen like a couple of 8 to 12 yard runs 
by the quarterback, um, it changes everything. And the the thing is, when when all you, all the the receivers seem to be covered, which it seemed like Kansas City was doing, uh, they weren't putting a ton of pressure. I mean, that's a, another story. The the much maligned offensive line for the Bengals gave up nine sacks the previous week, gave up one yesterday. So they were doing their job, but. The receivers were not getting open, and you got to think, well, you know, there is going to be some sort of vulnerability to that defense the way that they were covering the receivers like they are. And in this case, it was a screen pass to P-line and Burrow using his legs that just seemed to open things up the rest of the game. Well, and he recognized it early, too, especially after C.J. Uzama went down early with that uh, with that knee injury. The tight end for Cincinnati. Yeah, the, yeah Cincinnati's tight end, uh, C.J. Uzama, was really one of the budding stars in the league no this doubt. year, but Joe Burrow recognized it early that he was going to have to do something because the first two drives of that game, I mean, you know, uh, you know, of course, Kansas City gets out to the you know twenty-one to three lead. First couple drives of the game, Cincinnati did not look like they belonged on the same field as Kansas City at all. That's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, with three minutes to go in the first half, this looked like it was going to be a dud of a game. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, I think a lot of the credit is due to Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals, and. Uh, you know, they mentioned it on the air, and I started doing a little bit of research. A guy that grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, was not recruited by OU or hardly anybody else out of high school. He was a quarterback. All right, he goes to Wake Forest. Uh, not that big a deal there. He ends up going to Butler Community College in Kansas. This is how kind of driven this guy is, like, to just, you know, fulfill this dream. And then they get to the national championship in junior college, and then he ends up going to Nebraska at the same time Bill Callahan becomes the head coach and they kind of started trying to change to like a West Coast offense because up until that Tom Osborne, it was like Lawrence Phillips here, you know, all these great running backs that they had there. And and Taylor ended up being the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, okay? Never really got a sniff in the NFL, but, you know, that just shows you, you know, what he, what he's made of. I mean, to go that route uh, from high school, not being, you know, wanted in, in your home state, and then, you know, going to Butler community college to play juco ball to try to to fulfill this dream i mean it it says a lot about zach taylor well and that's so perfect too because zach taylor now that he is an afc champion now that he's in the super bowl i mean he's won almost as many games in the playoffs this year as he did in two full regular seasons before that this is what our parents taught us when they said don't judge a book by its cover it is zach taylor and more specifically Zach Taylor's draft setup, 2019, it's his first draft with the Bengals as the head coach. Zach Taylor has the saddest, most pitiful setup for a draft that you will ever see. It's just one of those banners, he's sitting at a desk, I don't even think he had a lamp there, he was just sitting in the dark in a room by himself with the the Bengals banner hanging behind him, and especially because it's juxtaposed next to... Cliff Kingsbury's four and a half million dollar mansion. You got him over here. You got Zach Taylor sitting in a dark janitor's closet. And now one's going to the Super Bowl and one only has one playoff win. Right. No so, doubt. you know, yeah. you, you never you never know. And, and, and you know, I'm glad you brought up that backstory about Zach Taylor because it speaks to kind of that personality, that guy that we've come to know. No doubt about it. All right. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about the margin between winning and losing in this league. Definitely disappointed. I mean, when you're this close and you're in the, the final four games, uh, you want to win the Super Bowl, and we've had two years in a row where we've lost an AFC Championship, or actually three, four years really. We 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 lost AFC Championship, game, won the Super Bowl, lost AFC, I mean lost Super Bowl, then lost AFC Championship, and so I mean a few plays here and there, you could have 
four chances at the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's definitely disappointing, but you have to learn from it. I mean, you can't let this end what we have here. You have to make sure that you continue to battle, continue to get better, uh, and try to find ways to win Super Bowls at the end of the day. Yeah, what are you going to say? Um, so uh, here is the honey badger, Tyrone Mathel, uh on, um, you know, sometimes the best team doesn't always win. You know, I know it's a lot of guys in that locker room that, you know, they're going to take this offseason personal, you know, to really get better because we do feel like we're, we're still the best team, you know, uh, in the NFL. But, you know, the best team doesn't always win. You know, it's, it's the team that, you know, uh, plays well and makes the plays, you know, that day, you know, so... Um, I'm just extremely proud to, to come to work with these guys. There you go. Tyrone Matthews, you know, the honey badger. I agree with him. I think that the Kansas city is probably the better team, but you know, that's why they play it. And again, you know, the way that the Bengals seized, uh, the moment there, uh, with one more half of football to play, they go into, uh, the half down 11 points. No, they're getting the ball first and make some adjustments on defense. And man, the next thing you know, the game, uh, goes to the Bengals. It was like just bizarre. It's kind of hard to, to say that. I mean, big picture, we all know what can't, what he's saying. And it, it kind of relates to what I thought was a pretty funny tweet, uh, now deleted tweet from, the ABC affiliate in Kansas City, but this is the second time in in about a month that the Chiefs blew a double-digit lead to Cincinnati. It was that Week 17 game that Cincinnati came back and won. They they that, that they get the AFC North, and then they were down 18 and come back and win this game. So yeah, like we assume that Cincinnati is still the better team, but. You know, or Kansas City is still the better team, or Cincinnati is. The better. We, we, I, I mean, mean, they beat them twice. So right, either the feeling one. is still that Kansas City is the better team but, because they've hosted four straight AFC title games. Right, but Cincinnati beat them they, twice they in a couple weeks. And the old saying that that's scoreboard. Yeah, and I actually the the fact that you know the that the Bengals won the first game. I you know there's relevance there. The game was in Cincinnati, but there was also relevance to the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs were a seven point. Favorite and rushed out to a twenty-one to three lead, uh, and um, anyway, it just bizarre. You know, good for the Bengals, good for us Bengals fans, and uh, now we get to go to a Super Bowl where we don't play the San Francisco 49ers. I say we, uh, the Bengals, uh, go to the Super Bowl where they're going to get to play the Rams. All right, when yeah. we come back, we're going to uh, dive into that game, and then again, we're going to preview tonight's Lobo game at San Diego State. It's right here on Team Talk, ESPN Radio, one hundred one seven, the team.